So I don't know if you have seen the ads on TV, but there is a show called Living Biblically right now from one of the national networks. And it's based on a, a book written by a person, a man, who tried to live a year biblically. And so I think there's only been a couple episodes, and it's probably not going to get make it and get canceled. But the big scene, I guess you can see on the commercials, is the guy goes into the confession booth to, at his local church and says, I'm a sinner, and I'm here because my friend has died, and I, just, I need to find a grounding point, and I've decided I'm going to live my, letter, live my life to the letter of the Bible, 100%. And the priest on the other side of the wall just starts laughing, erupting in huge laughter. And it's like, you're crazy. There's no way that you can do that. No one can live 100% biblically. It's not possible, the priest said. So this guy, in his, his quest is to do just that. And so there are some funny moments, but, you know, it is what it is. And so start to think about that in our regular lives and how do we live out the gospel? Well, understanding and living the gospel are two very hard aspects of what it means to be a disciple. Um, to understand it is one thing, and to live it is a completely different other task on our journey as Christians, as followers of the way. And so our gospel tonight is the continuation of the story of Nicodemus and Jesus. And so... If you remember, Nicodemus goes to Jesus in the dark. He doesn't want anyone to see that he has gone to Jesus to talk to him, to ask him about what this is all about. And he has trouble wrapping around his head what it means to be born anew or born again or born from above. This is all in the verses right before our text for today. So if you need to go back and read it when you get home, just look right before John 3, beginning at 1. And so Nicodemus is struggling with this. And so John, so Jesus, in the Gospel of John, goes on and continues to tell him. But then Nicodemus just fades away. In our reading today, there's no mention of Nicodemus. But it's the continuation of Jesus talking to him. Nicodemus just disappears. And so if you think about it, Nicodemus really is not a great role model for us to be as someone who is a listener of the gospel. He just listened and said, sayonara, I'm out of here. I, I, I don't understand this. I'm not going to do this. Forget it. But the thing about Nicodemus is we see him come back later in the gospel of John. And he comes back to us in the light of day and claims Jesus' body with Joseph of Arimathea and provides a proper burial for Jesus. And so if you think about that, perhaps Jesus did plant a seed in him, and it just took some time for that to settle, to be nurtured, and to grow. And I think that is something that we need to take with us from this lesson. That there is no simple timeline in how any one of us is going to react or understand or live out the gospel that we hear. It takes us all different times. 
Our time and God's time are two very different things, and it'd be lovely if they matched whenever we wanted them to, but they don't. And so when we come to the gospel and when we are ready to hear, and when God calls out to us, well, then that's when it all lines up quite perfectly. And so I think about that, and I think about what Nicodemus went through, and then I think about what those Israelites were doing, what we listened to in Numbers. And they were complaining, and they were complaining, and they were really ungrateful. They had been provided for, they had been given their life back, and now, yes, they've been wandering around for a little bit, but they're tired of wandering. And they say, this food is awful. Well, man, they're going to praise that manna by the time it's all said and done, and they're going to say, this is the most delicious food on the planet. See, it takes them some time to figure it out as well. And then it's interesting that John uses this image of Moses holding up a serpent on a staff and connecting it to the lifting up of Jesus on the cross. And we can put all sorts of theories and thoughts and ideas behind that and how really what Moses was doing was breaking one of the commandments right there and then because he was creating an idol for the Israelites to sort of worship when they got bit by a serpent. If they looked at that bronze serpent, they would be healed? How is that possible? But they recognized their sin, and they looked towards something other than themselves, outside of themselves, for healing. We, too, do the same when we look to the cross. We come bearing our own sins, our own faults, our own brokenness, and look for healing. God so loved the world that he gave his son so that we might have eternal life. Eternal life comes in but one way, that each and every day we have opportunities for healing and wholeness as we stand at the foot of the cross. That is part of our Lenten journey, to experience these moments and to know that God has provided, that God does love, and that we're not alone in this. Just as the Israelites were not alone by themselves, being frustrated and tired and hungry and thirsty, we, too, are not by ourselves in our own frustration and brokenness and need of healing. We all come to the same place. That's why we gather here in this holy space, week in and week out. So as you continue on this journey, this Lenten season, and as you're preparing yourself to be at the foot of the cross, hopefully on Good Friday in the big church. Think about the ways in which you find healing in the cross. In those moments of clarity, of reflection, those moments of true 
joy and happiness, but that complete understanding that you are God's and God is love. May you be reminded of that today and always. Amen. Amen.